with World Juniors right around the corner. Now's a perfect time to bring in front of the show, Patty Kalakash of Locked on uh, NHL Draft Prospects. We're going to kind of talk about the importance of World Juniors, look at some of the Sharks prospects, and get to know some of the uh, 24, 24 draft eligibles. Uh, so all that and more on today's show. Your Locked on Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to Locked on Sharks, the premier hockey podcast covering your favorite team in the Bay Area. My name is J.D. Young, contributor at San Jose Hockey Now. I want to thank you for making Locked on Sharks your first listen, probably part of the Locked on Network. We cover your team every day. And if you want to be an everyday, all you have to do is just follow wherever you get podcasts or you can watch on YouTube as well. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to be treated with a very fine-looking gentleman, Hattie Kalakash. Howdy, how's it going, buddy? Doing good, doing good. Roll Juniors around the corner. Uh, I always joke around with Sebastian saying that we have two Christmases at the same time with uh, regular Christmas and then World Juniors. It's going to be a great time. It's second Christmas. That's all it is. It's just yeah. second Christmas. Uh, but it's it's kind of like Hanukkah, which is multiple nights of it. So or I guess mornings for us uh, on the since it's in Sweden. So uh, before we get in today, we're going to be talking about, of course, World Juniors, uh, kind of what it means for the scouting world, what we as Sharks fans should kind of take away. Look at these Sharks prospects are going to be in there. And of course, Keep an eye ahead at the 2024 draft eligibles. Uh, I do want to let you guys know that today's episode is brought to you guys by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get it. $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So, Hattie, I'm going to ask the uh, very dumb question. What is the World Juniors, uh, if you're kind of new to it? What is what is this whole tournament about? Well, it's the best under 20 players in the in the world facing each other in a, a very interesting tournament. Um, and it's 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 really good hockey. And every year there are great storylines, players who, you know, you know, there, there are going to be some players who aren't even eligible yet to be drafted who are going to be playing really good hockey at this tournament. Um, and beyond that, you get to see your favorite prospects who are drafted by your team, some draft eligibles in some cases. Um, it's going to be a blast. It's always really interesting, also, to see the teams that made the the Division One A of the World Juniors this year, who didn't last year. For example, um, Austria got dropped down uh, to Division One B, and this year we're going to get Norway in this tournament. Mm. And Norway has a really interesting 2024 prospect, who we might talk about later on. Um, so yeah, it's just these small, interesting storylines. And every year you get this one goalie who comes out of nowhere for, I don't know, Latvia, maybe it's Norway this year, who just saves every shot and, and makes life <laughs> difficult for, for like Team Canada and Team USA. So yeah, it's, it's always a fun tournament. So one thing to keep in mind with World Juniors, right, we still don't have Team Russia. They're, they're still kind of being, uh, you know, sanctioned because of, of all the, you know, the stuff with Ukraine. So um, which I especially with Team Russia, right, they still have plenty of, of high end prospects. So that's kind of one drawback right now is not being able to kind of watch Team Russia. And that's yep. been kind of the way with the last couple of seasons, especially playing some of these best teams. So uh, I think, right, the the. the Three teams to watch right now are Team Canada, Team Sweden, and uh, Team USA, right? Are, are those kind of the three favorites right now? 
Yeah, I'd also I'd also throw Finland in there. They've got a decent roster this year. Um, a bit kind of uh, drier on defense than they've been in recent years. Um, but the hockey in, in Czechia has gone up a couple notches. The hockey in Slovakia as well has, has entered the mix. Um, Czechia is a real contender this year. I know they don't have David Juracek, um, and I, I don't think Yuri Kulik is there either. But they still have like a really interesting roster with a lot of interesting pieces, including some 2024s that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do against this age group. Like you see them all year playing against pros or playing against junior players. And in either sense, they're either too good or too bad for that level. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's really good to get this, this kind of tournament to see, to kind of balance it out a bit and see what they can do against their peers and their age group. Yeah. And you kind of mentioned like what for the scouting take, right? Um, so yeah, the importance as a scout, that's what you do, right? You're a very important person at Dauber prospects. Uh, why, what do you try to kind of, go into the scouting, you know, into this tournament as a scouting angle. And why, why is it important to not maybe take too much out of this? Because again, it's, it's one tournament, right? Yeah. I mean, some, some, some of these guys are going to play like four or five games and they get eliminated. You can't really kind of put too much emphasis on that, especially if you're a draft eligible on team Canada, like Macklin Celebrini, I value a lot more what he's doing in the NCAA than what he's going to do at this tournament, even though I'm excited to see him at this tournament, because he's probably going to have a top six impact on a really good team. Uh, but still what you're mainly looking for out of this tournament is just to look at the guys who don't get a shot against their level. We're either mm-hmm. playing, like I said, in a, in a league that's too good for them or a league that's too bad for them and kind of see how they match up not only against opponents but compared to their teammates on what line they're playing how much they're valued by coaching staff you know if you're a really good skilled player and you can't get past the the the, the fourth line there's probably a reason for that beyond just you know not being skilled enough because you've got that skill in juniors i think of you know Mm. quentin musty who's not at this tournament um, that was a main concern for him is, is he going to be able to outplay the absolutely stacked forward lineup in team USA? I, as much as I like Musty and as, 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 as good as he is in the OHL right now, can he dethrone a Will Smith? Can he dis- dethrone, you know, a James Hagens possibly who's, who's probably going to be the first overall pick in 2025. You know, even if you put him on the wing, you've got Ryan Leonard, Gabe Perot, like there's, there's a lot of really kind of top and talent at this tournament. So you kind of look for that to see the players who are there, you know, how, where do they end up in the lineup and how, how that kind of shapes the way coaches see them. Um, and you also look, like I said, for the players, like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Adam Yerichek at this tournament because Adam Yerichek, mm-hmm. he's a 2024 drafted prospect who's going, who's a right-handed defenseman. He's playing in uh, the Czech pro league right now, and he seems a bit out of his depth. So I'm excited to see what he does against his peers. It's storylines like this. You don't glean into it to kind of be the beyond and be all end all of what your assessment of a player is, but it gives you good insight as to, is this player a product of his environment during the regular season or is mm. there something particularly wrong with his game that needs to be addressed that is an issue wherever he plays so yeah that's kind of the gist of how i see the world juniors and i think for sharks fans we can kind of look in our own backyard right uh phil Beasted drafted and a lot of fans were kind of scratching their head about that had an amazing world juniors right uh, last year and was one of the kind of the big storylines coming out of it and that's again when you're not playing against grown men in the shl you're playing against guys you're, you're like okay i can see like why a guy like philby said was so tantalizing and mm-hmm. i think it really kind of was a springboard for him this tournament going into last season of kind of having a really solid second half of his season so uh you know i think that's something to keep in mind right is like they're again maybe a guy like be said maybe he's not producing as much in the SHL, but get, you're playing against grown men and you're you know 18, 19 years old. So um 
how though is it again like you kind of talk about sample size like what is the the like okay he did great in four or five games but i want to see more like how important is like trying to keep that sample size in in, in mind yeah absolutely it's, it's very important especially especially depending on who they play against i mean mm-hmm. having a world-class performance and scoring four five points against team usa if you're playing on team canada is great um if you're scoring eight points and a 12 nothing thrashing of norway like what does that do as a scout for you in terms of you know like it, it, that's something to keep in mind is People use the World Juniors and go, oh, well, this player scored like 20 points in seven games um, at the World Juniors, but he played like 20 minutes against Latvia, 20 minutes against Norway, and like lit them up both for, for eight points. And then the other six game he played, he had four points in him. Like, it, it's, Why do you hate Connor Bedard? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally it. No, but really, I mean, you, you look at Bedard and it's like he, he kept his best performances for the best competition. Like he was the best player against USA. He was the best player against Czechia. Like he was he was a leader of that team. And not only that, but within the game, you could see adaptations based on how opponents were playing him. when he was getting quadruple teamed, he adapted. Um, mm-hmm. that's another thing you look for is how does a player mold his play around, you know, the opposition, what they're doing against him, what their game plan is. Um, so yeah, there's so many factors. I feel like sample size isn't much of an issue. It's just mainly looking at who they're playing against. Um, cause your sample against Latvia is going to be different than your sample against USA. That's for sure. And then uh, before we kind of get to the first, uh, our first break and start talking about the sharks, um, I think to another thing, right. Is you have to kind of remember is a lot of these guys on their home teams or whatever, they're like usually playing top line minutes, right? Or they're usually the best guy on their team. And then like, how do they adapt to maybe having to play that fourth line role or having to play a different role, um, you know, in that kind of adaptability and, you know, keeping that in mind, like you said, maybe a guy like Quint Musty, um, who's at all the talent in the world, but is he fitted to kind of play that fourth line role to the best of his ability, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's just a matter of making sure that you're 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 icing a line that's gonna you're, you're icing a lineup that's gonna fit every line. Um, we're gonna see some undrafted players, um, some un- undrafted overagers that are gonna make the lineup over some really good drafted prospects. I think of Canada; they just recently cut Jagger Furcus, who is a fantastic prospect for the Seattle Kraken. Mm. Um, but they kept Owen Allard, who was undrafted and an overager. There's a reason for that is that Allard is able to play in a bottom six and have an effective defensive role, whereas Furkus is a pure offensive player. And, you know, you build your lineup based on what you need from each line, not based on who the best players are, because you, you can take the 12 best forwards in your country, put them on the ice, and you're going to have a worse result than if you build a balanced <laughs> roster. It's just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's just have fun and play def- defense for nerds. Let's just score a bajillion goals. So. Defense is for uh, nerds. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, all right. We're going to talk here about the Sharks uh, and kind of some of their expectations, some of the Sharks' prospects and some of their expectations here in one second. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you think about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get on the action. The app is super easy to use. Uh, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Uh, guys, Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown it's free money. Just keep betting it. Uh, you're probably going to win. I think it's only missed twice this entire NFL season. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All 
All right, so let's start talking, uh, of course, about some of these Sharks prospects. And uh, I think we have to start with uh, one Will Smith, right, who is – they haven't announced the USA uh, roster yet, but it's fairly safe to say Will Smith is going to make the final USA roster. Uh, what's, what is realistic expectations for Will Smith, who's had a very productive boss, start to his Boston College career? Uh, first line center. I, I don't think there's any doubt at this point. He's, um, he's, he's probably going to be up there with their best players. Um, I think, uh, I think they might just keep the Smith Leonard Perot line intact. It's just been working. It's been working pretty well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, why would you split three guys who's, who's, you know, whose play styles fit each other so perfectly up? I mean, he's just, mm-hmm. they work with each other so extremely well. Um, Will Smith just mesmerizes me every time with his playmaking ability, his ability to find soft ice and the way he, the way he, kind of incrementally builds plays is not the type of player who's going to try to bomb a puck through eight eight sticks like right on a teammate like that's not his game he he's a lot more metho- methodical a lot more chess like he's kind of the magnus carlson of uh, of playmaking uh, i really like the way that he builds play um in, in the offensive zone and when you play it with a guy like gabe perot who's so offensively aware whose iq is off the charts and you play with a pure finisher like ryan leonard um that's exactly what you need so i don't see any reason to split those guys up and i'd be very excited to see them form a first line on team usa that's be that could be really exciting uh i mean you know they they have like uh, at the end right they have kind of player you know they they kind of create like players for you know for each team and they you know like kind of your first teams is will smith like a potential like you could be walking away with some i don't know if they give out actual hardware but could be walking away with some hardware especially if team usa goes really deep as we expect for sure. I expect him to be a benchmark player for USA. Um, he might not be the the player of the team. I think Lane mm-hmm. Hudson is going to take that role uh, in stride and kind of... That's your Habs. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Lane Hudson's amazing. I love watching Lane Hudson play when I watch BU. So. Like, he is next level absurd. I, I think he's going to have a blast at this tournament. Uh, but yeah, I feel like Will Smith, if you're if you're creating a team of the tournament, like if, if, if USA goes to the finals, we're talking about... And, and that's very likely, right? Like, this is a stacked roster um we're probably talking about will smith as as you know one of the forwards and a team of the tournament um yeah i'm, I'm really excited to see how he does because you know i've had my warts with will smith a bit i've had some reservations but overall um he, he's really been good uh, for boston college so far and you know it, leonard and and uh perot aren't going to be his only team he's from boston college he's also going to have uh jake um jacob fowler in that lineup as well um in goal and, and that's the main kind of separating factor for usa that make them that can make them go to the finals is i don't think anyone else has a tandem like theirs and trey augustine and jacob fowler probably the two best um drafted uh, 2023 nhl draft goaltenders you know based on what they've done after their draft uh mm-hmm. so yeah it's a very exciting uh roster for usa and Will Smith is definitely going to have like a high end impact on that team. And then uh, Eric Polkip, we again we have don't know the roster. He's kind of a bubble player, but if again if if Team USA trying to build a you know or maybe it had a little bit of that grittiness have uh, and a little bit of scoring touch, Polkamp could be a perfect like six seven defenseman who gets in. And I think he's really uh, kind of impressed at camps and I know at their summer thing, right? So if, if Polkamp makes it, we don't be surprised if he gets gets a, a fairly decent role, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were talking earlier about, you know, icing your your 12 best forwards. Same thing for your defensemen. It's not going to create the best roster. I don't think Eric Polkamp is in the top six best, you know, under 20 Team USA defensemen. But 
his role for his role though yeah he fits really well on a bottom pair he's like you said he's a gritty he's a gritty defenseman he likes to throw the body but the defensive game on him is more advanced than a lot of these um team usa defensemen i mean yeah the only player put above him in terms of defensive ability on this roster would probably be ryan chesley who's almost definitely going to be sharing the first pair with lane hudson because that was also their first defense pair um in, in the NTDP uh, back when Logan Cooley was uh, was out there. Um, but yeah, this is going to be really interesting. All right. Uh, let's go to Team Canada. We'll go north. Uh, Jake Furlong made, uh, you know, made it. And I think it's you. We talk about defense, right? Jake Furlong's defensive structure and the way he plays the game. Um, yeah. Probably going to also have a bottoms uh, kind of six role for Team U- or for Team Canada, but should provide, you know, I think he's playing a lot of penalty kill minutes in uh, training camp and he should be a, a big time asset for them, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd expect him to play on Owen Beck's wing, probably on the on the fourth line. Um, and those two are kind of built the same way in terms of decent speed um, and very, very good offensive and defensive awareness and, and just great positioning. Um, and yeah, I, I'd expect them to be put out when, you know, you need to, to kill a penalty, but especially when the game gets rough and you're, and your your top line is struggling against the opponent's top line, you can throw that fourth line out there and they'll do a great defensive job. I mean, these are two players who understand the game really well and are almost always positioned in the right spot. So yeah, that's going to be exciting. Uh, we'll swing over to Halton. Uh, so Casper Halton again, uh, Basically a lock to make uh, Team Finland. Uh, we have seen in the OHL, uh, I have never seen someone who could just crush uh, one-timers from the circle uh, on the power play. Should we expect more of the same thing for, for Casper Holton? Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's going to be out there just ripping pucks. It's just what he does. It's what he's always done. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in his draft year, he was a player I've tracked who, who, who shot the most um per game on average like there's a specific game i tracked where he had like something like like th- like 23 shot attempts or something like that like he just that's like a shark's like two periods <laughs> from the beginning of the season right yeah, there. No, exactly. <laughs> like he'll he'll single-handedly just up your shooting numbers um mm-hmm. yeah he's he loves to shoot sometimes to a fault but more often than not when you have a shot like his you gotta trust it and yeah so far for london oh my goodness he's just been he's been the shooting threat all year and it it's it really makes me happy because i could tell in his draft year that like when he was playing in the Liga and like had what like two points in his first like 18 games or something like that it was so obvious yeah. that it was just like bad puck luck because he was taking 15 shots a game like just yeah yeah exactly um I do worry because uh, watching Holden, it is a lot of power play production. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he still needs to continue to work on his 5 one 5 game. But that's uh, for another discussion. So uh, let's go to the uh, host nation, Team Sweden. Sharks have two prospects uh, with Phil Bissett and Matthias Havlid. Um, what's the expectations for these guys? Again, we talked earlier about uh, Bissett kind of having that big jump last year and kind of i think maybe a confidence builder for him uh what should we expect out of out of these guys yeah beachstead is probably almost definitely going to be in their top six probably going to be their second line center behind noah osland and uh yeah you can expect really good impact in all three zones from beachstead some physical play um but a surprising amount of finesse he's always surprised me with the, his ability to move through uh move through pressure and find open open ice and all that um yeah i'd expect him to have a decent impact on the team i don't think he's going to be like one of their top players or their top player They're top line mm-hmm. is another line that's been together forever um and they're probably going to rip it up um but you know 
know, if they're not performing, Beach Test right there, and he's able to have that impact. He played really well with Leo Carlson last year. So, yeah. Um, and for Matias Havilid, you're talking about a player who is going to have to fight for a spot in the top four. There are five right-handed defensemen on this Sweden Ooh. roster out of seven. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 rough, and like for good reason. They've got really good right-handed defensemen. Um, I think it's going to be between him, Axel Sandin, Pelika. Uh, and um, and uh, Tom Villander, those are probably going to be the guys who are going to be fighting for the top four among right-handed defensemen. They might play two right-handed defensemen on the second pair. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, but yeah, I, I'd expect Havlet to have a really good offensive input. Um, he's mm-hmm. always been really good with the puck. I don't see him as a player who is necessarily going to be put in a defensive role, um, but we could see him paired with an Elias Salomonson, for example, who's a lot better defensively. That could be a really good second pair. I'd expect that to be what happens, and ASP has been ridiculous this year um, in, in, in the SHL. So I'd expect him to, by default, take the first pair, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, ASP was one of my, I think it was my, I ended up with him as my favorite defenseman in last year's draft. So, yeah. uh, because again, defenses for nerd goes score a bunch of points. So uh, before we get into kind of some looking ahead, some of the 2024 guys, just some guys to keep an eye on. Maybe if you're watching some random game uh, and you want to kind of check out some of the other uh, prospects out there, uh, let's take a quick break. Number one, most important thing about this is you guys uh, taking care of yourself. And that's where Athletic Greens comes in. Um, Their mission is to empower people to take ownership over their health with a simple daily foundational nutritional habit. Um, Best way to do that is to stick with a habit and make Athletic Greens part of your life. Uh, My wife takes Athletic Greens every day. It helps out with things like her gut health, uh, definitely helps out with her mood, her, you know, just kind of, you could tell she's on a going to be starting her day better when she takes athletic greens um and the great thing about it is the cost right it's cheaper than your cold brew habit it's about three bucks a day and you get 75 high quality vitamins uh ingredients into your daily nutritional that support energy focus strength and clarity um what I do also really like about it um, is it supports your immune system, right? Especially this time of year, you want to be healthy. You don't want to have to worry about, uh, you know, getting sick, all that fun and stuff. So um, if you want a comprehensive solution for all your supplemental needs, try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is go to Athletic Greens, uh, drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network to get started all right uh let's talk about the 2024 draft because uh it's always draft season right hattie uh even as soon as the draft's done you're already looking ahead to some of the next guys so um of course the big expected number one pick Macklin Celebrini is gonna be playing for we touched on him a little bit so um I know it's gonna be hard especially with Bedard right last year kind of blew up expectations when Bedard being a, a generational type of player. What are realistic expectations for a guy like Macklin Celebrini this year? I think the Adam Fantilli route is a lot more realistic for Celebrini. I'd say they're pretty compar- comparable in terms of upside, in terms of um, their quality of play. They're fundamentally different players. Um, Fantilli mm-hmm. is a lot more of a cycle, you know, forecheck, retrieve, work hard, you know, get a puck back type of prospect. Whereas Celebrini, a lot of his points come off the rush, and it's because of his good skating ability, but also his good positioning in the defensive zone. Um, what he'll often do is he'll win a puck in the defensive zone, either skate it out the whole way or play 
play a give and go with the blue line, that kind of stuff, and just kind of yep. work his way up the ice, the ice extremely quickly and just um, outspeed and outthink opponents off the rush. Um, and I expect that for Team Canada. I think he's going to be put in a role like that, probably in the top six. Um where he's going to be playing with players who can offer them those those pucks in open ice, those give and go opportunities. Who can read the game as well as he does. Um, you know, some of the guys that you, you look at in this lineup. I think Matthew Wood would be a great compliment for Celebrini in the top six. Um, you know, there's there are a couple options like that. So yeah, I'd, I'd expect him to play in the top six in, in this World Juniors. And for me, so far, he's the prize of the 2024 draft. As much as I like Ivan Demidov, I have him second overall. He doesn't come close to Celebrini's upside, and, and especially Celebrini's certainty of making the NHL. All right, um, I'll let you go here. What are some other potentially maybe top of the first round guys or just guys in the first round that we as Sharks fans should just keep an eye on that are going to be here in the World Juniors? So wherever you want to go, Hattie, the world's your oyster. For the World Juniors, I think you really need to look for Konsta Hellenius, who's going to be probably playing um, uh, on the second line in Finland. Um, mm-hmm. He's a really exciting player. His, his, his offensive brain matches his defensive abilities really well he he understands the game at a high level and beyond that he's got just a high level of skill as well he can make plays really accurately his shot is it's beautiful honestly it's not necessarily a 40 goal shot like a cole eiserman's but um he, he can rip it for sure um speaking of which i mean cole eiserman's a big omission from this team usa roster but i think it's it's for good reason he's a pure goal scorer and they've got enough of that on team usa outside of that his game's a bit concerning um the issue with this year is that outside of that you're not going to get a lot um mm-hmm. at this world juniors um you might get a leon moogley for um for switzerland but he's more of a kind of you know end of the second round type of guy and i mentioned earlier adam yurichek who's david yurichek's brother um, he's the only kind of big name. The only other big name I'd say that's probably going to be at this World Juniors, um, you know, for the for the major teams. Uh, yeah. You look at you look at um, what he does on the ice really well. He's a really violent player. He's listed at like six one, 150 pounds, but even in Czechia against men, he's throwing the body. He's he's you know giving a cross. Is he check Czechia Gavin Brindley? Basically, basically. <laughs> but you know, as he he can he can build into that frame. And you look at David Yerchek, his brother. Like he's mm-hmm. one of the older players in last year's draft. Yerchek's a bit younger. Um, he can really easily kind of work work into that frame. Um, the other name I'd, I'd throw in there, and it's it's topical because this is going to be Norway's first shot in a long while at Division One A. It's Michael Branzak Newgard, who's probably going to be a top ten prospect um, in the twenty twenty four draft. He is for me at least. Um, mm-hmm. He's a he's a big winger, a big defensive winger. But the more you look at him, the more you see some some inklings of offensive ability that are really impressive. Um, he's a really mature player. He's already playing like a pro in a pro league in the Swedish second division. And yeah, he just understands the game at a level that I think is going to be really useful for Norway. And he's probably going to be the player of the tournament for Norway um, as an 18 year old. Mm. Um, There isn't anyone else in the roster that I'd say comes close to his abilities. Um, He's the one I'm most excited about because he's playing second division Swedish hockey. It's not going well for him. Bounces aren't going in. Um, He just recently started picking up points. He had like three points in his last five games or something like that. And I'm excited to see how he does against his peers, against his age group, especially against those lower end teams um, where he's going to have an opportunity to shine his offensive skill set because I know it's there. It just hasn't been showing yet. Um, he's the other guy name is kind of the exciting name for this draft. Um, so yeah, keep a close look at Norway. That's a, something I don't say all the time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, some of these, I know you, you, you mentioned might be, you know, but who's one guy that you think could have a, a really nice tournament and kind of make a name for himself by the end of it for some of these potential draft eligible guys. 
I, I think for sure Branzak Newgard's going to put himself in this conversation. I, I think that, mm-hmm. you know, he he's the type of player who I could very much see an NHL team go for in the top five. He reminds me a bit of Carter Goche um, from mm. a couple years ago. Carter Goche was kind of in the bottom, tw- bottom 10 conversation of the first round for the longest time. He had a couple of really good tournaments, and before he knew it, he was picked up at fifth overall by the Philadelphia Flyers. Like, it's, it doesn't... He, he's, he's got that profile of player that NHL teams like, and so far... All the scouting, uh, all the scouting services that I've seen that are closer to NHL teams, the Craig Buttons, the Bob McKenzie's, they have in the kind of like eight to twelve range. Usually, um, mm. I would not be surprised at all to see him in the top five of a lot of rankings after this tournament, especially if he has a good one. All right, goalies. You kind of mentioned sometimes there's goalies out of nowhere. Uh, I know a lot of these guys have already been drafted or in and stuff, but. Just who to keep an eye on, because especially because the Sharks are still searching for like the goaltender of the future in their prospect pipeline. I don't think there are any kind of major 2024 NHL draft prospects I've kept a look on that are going to be at this tournament as kind of um, as kind of surefire mm. bets. There might be a guy who ends up as a backup that ends up coming in. But these are the types of names we usually discover at the World Juniors. Whereas, you know, the names that I'd look at for the 2024 draft, the main ones are Ryerson Leanders and Carter George, two Canadian goaltenders who didn't make the cut, obviously, this year. Um, but there are two overagers um, in, in, on Team Canada right now, Samuel Saint-Silaire and Mathis Rousseau. I don't remember which one of the two got cut today, um, but one of those is going to be at the tournament as a third-string goalie, and that could kind of bump his stock into a 2024 draft overager conversation, but even then, it's a it's a long shot. Uh, but yeah, like I said, this is a tournament where you discover these overage goaltenders and these undrafted goaltenders to kind of give them a shot. I think of Adam Gayon. Uh, last year was a great example. He was the first goaltender picked and he wasn't really known before the world juniors. He was playing in the North American hockey league, which is like a step below the USHL. Um, Like, and and he had a fantastic tournament and then got picked up and right now he's doing great. So yeah. All right. uh, Hattie, you have said it all. Where can the people find you? Absolutely. So um, you can find me at the Locked On NHL Prospects podcast. I co-host it with Sebastian High. I unfortunately couldn't make it today. Um, it's a great show. We talk about prospects all the time. We'll, we'll be covering the World Juniors very closely. You can find me on Twitter at K underscore scouting. And uh, you can look me up on YouTube at Hattie Kalakesh NHL Draft Scouting. I put out some scouting videos. I've got one coming on in the Habs Prospect, and then I'll get it to the 2024 NHL Draft after the World Juniors. It's going to be a great time. Uh, and of course, you can follow uh, Locked on Sharks wherever you get podcasts and watch on YouTube as well. Um, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those things at Locked on Sharks. You can follow me on Twitter at my fryhole. Until tomorrow, where uh, spoiler Cam Lund, Sharks uh, 2022 second round pick, joins the show. So uh, make sure you guys are following along for that. Till then, bye, friends.